Hey guys, welcome to Motherhood in Hollywood episode 107. My guest today is Lisa Joyner. She is the host of TLC's Long Lost Family and she's also a TV developer. That's right. She's going to tell us about how uh, she has gotten into creating television shows with her very famous husband, John Cryer from Two and a Half Men. Are you ready? Are you ready for this week's episode? Here we go. Come on, mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, guys. How are you? It's been a long week, right? Um, I hope you're having a wonderful week. As I said, my guest today is Lisa Joyner. She hosts the TLC show Long Lost Family. But beyond that, she is also has a background in journalism. She's been a TV host of many other TV shows. And she has a beautiful story to share about her own personal adoption and adopting her daughter as well. So I'm really excited to share this with you today. And I'm also excited because this week, Chris and I are going to comic-con what i know it's total nerd mecca it's like i you know i've been a few times before but now since motherhood in hollywood kind of has uh taken on this new life it's sort of reinvigorated me to want to go more although i will say if anybody's ever been to comic-con it is not for the faint of heart <laughs> it, it is there are um i think i read like 160,000 people that descend in this one area of san diego in the gas lamp district by the convention center for um f- essentially four days and i just remember the very first time chris and i went was a long time ago like maybe seven years ago it was so packed then we could barely move around on the convention room floor. We were just looking for a place to sit down. It was exhausting. And I told Chris this year, cause we were kind of deciding if we wanted to take Channing or not. And I told him, I said, there's no way I'm taking a four year old to Comic-Con. I just don't know that I could do it. There's just too many people. There's too many people in scary costumes and weird costumes and, um, there's so much walking around and I don't want to push a stroller through downtown San Diego or the convention center. So we decided we're just going to leave her here with a friend, um, while we go and party it up with the nerds <laughs> down at Comic-Con. So make sure you guys are watching. I'm going to be doing a lot of Facebook lives for motherhood in Hollywood, but also over on Wonderwall. And also, um, I don't know, have I ta- have I said on here that I'm a reporter for Channel 2 in Tulsa for the NBC station? If I haven't, that's what I do. That's one of the other things I do. I'm the entertainment reporter for um, the NBC station in my hometown. So I'm going to be doing some fun uh, Facebook Live and social media stuff for them as well. And yeah, just a bunch of stuff. So make sure you follow me at Motherhood in Hollywood on Instagram and Facebook and at Heather Brooker or MIH Podcast on Twitter. Um, and what else? I think that's pretty much it. Oh, speaking of Twitter, we have not done um, mentions in a while. Mom mentions. Maybe I should do that. And maybe I should be more prepared next time. Uh, 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 You guys, it's been a minute. It's been a day. A doozy of a day. All right. So um, a quick mom mention to Jessica Flynn. Thank you for following. April Trenisha Outen. Maybe it's Outen. 
hope I'm saying that right. Scott Isabel, Oliver Branford, Safe Kids Pro, Message in a Baby Bottle. What a cute name. Thank you guys so much for following me over on Twitter at Heather Brooker. And you guys, did everybody watch Game of Thrones? Lord. Oh my gosh. I People were really upset. Spoiler alerts. We're going to talk spoilers for a sec if you haven't seen it yet. People were like kind of freaking out about the um, Ed Sheeran um, appearance. I thought it was great. I actually really like Ed Sheeran. I know it's weird. And I didn't used to like him. It's The Shape of You is the song that kind of got me hooked. But uh, people were kind of freaking out like, oh, it is unnecessary. Why did you see him? Who cares? There, it's He fit the role. He looked like he could be from that era or that time or that doesn't exist, that imaginary time and place. So uh, it didn't bother me at all. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do because that opening number with um, Arya Stark was amazing. Uh, I will not give away, again, too many spoilers so you guys can watch it. But what I am going to do is wrap up my mommy monologue really quick because I want to get to this interview with Lisa Joyner, host of TLC's Long Lost Family. She has a beautiful story to tell about her own personal adoption and um, how she is now an adoption advocate. We also talk a lot about our backgrounds in journalism because we both used to be reporters and um, have kind of found our way in this weird world of entertainment Um in various areas. So here is my interview with Lisa Joyner. Honestly, I have to say, I'm not really sure where to start because you have so many amazing, wonderful things that you've done. And we have a lot of stuff actually in common. Um, I used to be a reporter as well. Mm -hmm. And you were a news reporter in Texas a little bit, right? Yes, I was in Texas. I was in several places in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and got out of news proper when I realized, uh, this is scary. It's a bummer. <laughs> I want to smile and be happy. And right. got, so I got into entertainment. See, and that's what I mean is like, I felt the same way about news when I was a reporter. I found that I was having so much more fun making the photographer laugh and everybody in the newsroom and like having fun with them. And then I'd have to turn on serious news face and go, there was a fire and people were killed. And it yeah. was just like... Yeah. So heartbreaking and sad. I and especially when you become a mom, I cannot read that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it crushes my it soul. It does. And prior to that, when I didn't have kids, it was just like, ah, eh, this is a job, blah blah blah. But I, I, like you, I really felt like I, I more wanted to entertain. I re- more wanted to provide an escape um, because there's a lot of terrible things in the world. So, oh yeah. So I got quickly said maybe entertainment you'll hire me for that oh I used to watch uh, a medical show so that makes me um that means that I could transition into being a medical reporter Mm -hmm. which would transition me into being an entertainment reporter yeah of course that's what everybody does right exactly exactly well I when I was in journalism school I would entertainment was never even on the radar because I don't even I think E had just started right right. entertainment tonight was the lone wolf at the time Mm -hmm. and now there's so many entertainment outlets and ways that you can go to the red carpet and and do all that stuff. Um, Was that something you did because you loved entertainment or you just really were like, I'm over news? I loved entertainment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in Fort Myers, Florida, this little tiny town. I've been to Fort Myers. You have? I have. And you left Fort Myers And I left. (laughs) Two days later, I left. I was there for work. That's so funny. Um, But I grew up in this really small town. 
I had no idea that I would ever do anything in entertainment, but I was fascinated with Hollywood. I was fascinated with watching the Academy Awards and the Emmy Awards. And, and I, you know, I, I, I was just, I was intrigued by it. And I had this sort of, you know, love of film and love of television. So I never in my dreams, my wildest dreams, subconscious, did I ever think that I would get into this business. A, camera shy, a terrible, terrible stage really? fright, awful stage fright. Um, I, awkwardly skinny, you know, at the time, um, did not find myself in any way attractive. I thought, mm. no. Um, so I, I it really didn't seem like the thing that I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a writer or I was going to be a cook. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. like to cook? Yes. I like to cook. And I was a pastry cook for a while. That oh, was, the, yeah, that was the transition into reporting. Uh, <laughs> that seems very natural. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is very organic. <laughs> so, so no, I had no idea that I was going to get into entertainment or news in general. It happened on a fluke. I was waiting tables when I was in school. People said, you love telling stories. You're so good at it because I would tell stories at my tables and mm -hmm. groups of, you know, this table and table 42 and table 36 would talk and they would all, be, and I tell them about the story and what happened. They said, you should do something with that. And I said, well, I write. And they said, do TV. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I met somebody who worked at KNBC in Los Angeles. And he said, if you ever want to get into it, let me know. Maybe I can, you know, introduce you and maybe you can interview. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was terrified. I was yeah. absolutely terrified. Well, I can imagine um, just starting out and like, it was thing is probably the number one market then. Now I think New York is is yeah. bumped ahead of us. But um, I could imagine that would be a little, that would terrify me. Um, although now I'd be like, get me my spotlight. Yes. Where's my camera? Let's <laughs> the totally different um, sense of confidence yeah, now exactly. for sure. Um, so you were you were in entertainment uh, reporting for a while. You covered the Oscars. You covered mm -hmm. the grant. You covered everything. Yes. Um, and then. You decided you wanted to write at that point and develop TV shows, or how did that sort of come together? I had always produced when I, um, I and always made up my own job. So when I came to Los Angeles, I, I came here from Virginia, and they said, "Do you want to do entertainment?" And I was like, uh, "Okay." I didn't really know because I had lived in Los Angeles before, and I wasn't, I wasn't in love with it. I didn't, I didn't yeah. love living here, and um, and I thought about it and thought about it. And I thought this is a great opportunity. So I was the entertainment reporter at the Fox station doing the 10 o'clock news. So I would basically, what I would do is do an entertainment story for the 10 o'clock news. Mm -hmm. But I kind of went, I think I could do something more with this. So I said, hey, how about if I do a segment? And he said, well, okay, so I've produced. So I've always produced my mm -hmm. own stuff. But I mean, you'd work crazy hours. I mean, this is when I was single and had no kids and right. um, no other life except for that. And... <laughs> Pretty soon, my boss said, oh, you're really good at that. How about you want to do a segment on, you know, the set every night? So I was gone gone from doing an entertainment story to actually producing an entertainment segment to actually hosting the entire segment. Um, and that sort of bled into doing half-hour specials and do our hour specials and filling in on the news and do it, you know, so it just sort of blossomed. And so my real love was producing. Mm. You know, I've always loved telling stories. So after I got out of entertainment, I just said, you know, I remember when I used to love seeing the Oscars on TV, but now I know what it's really like behind the scenes. And I, my feet hurt <laughs> and I'm standing on the red carpet for like six hours yes. just screaming at people to get their attention. So um, after I'd done that for five years, I thought, you know, time to go. That's so funny that you say that because 
on air, obviously you would never, they would never talk about that. But if you've ever covered an award show hmm. or any, if you've ever been on there, especially as media, I think it's a little different when you're going, uh, as a guest, but as media, yeah, it's you're standing there in your heels, all glammed up. Cause you got to look good. You can't go in your sweatpants. Um, because I would, I totally would, mm-hmm. but like you're standing there in your heels and you're literally yelling at celebrities or sometimes you have a producer that's yelling for yeah. these celebrities to come over and talk to you. And if you're not with one of the major outlets like yeah. EET access, whatever, sometimes they don't talk to you and they just keep walking by. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, you feel like a schlub. It's so demeaning. It is demeaning. <laughs> you're like, Hey, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. No. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I, <laughs> you look good. Right. You're looking Can great. you just look this way so we can get a shot? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and you're standing in this tiny little space and yeah. I, and like, and it's like I'm maybe not, a foot wide and I'm turned sideways because mm-hmm. you can't fit and you're doing this for what five, six five hours. hours. Yeah. And sometimes it's so hot and you're just sweating yep. and trying to look good. And I remember one time I had to years ago, I had to cover the Emmy awards. It was in Pasadena at the time. That's when they had them there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on a Sunday and it was the same day as an NFL playoff. Yeah, an NFL game. So I was covering from the red carpet both the Emmys, and then we would go live to the NFL show that I did as well. So when we were live, then I would have to switch into, what do you think of the Bears? You know, and so... (laughs) What do you think of the Bears? So I was literally... Congrats on your nomination. What do you think of the Bears? Exactly. (laughs) So I would have to do that. And um, I've covered the Super Bowl at the same time as Mardi Gras. Oh, and done a, a and done a football show because I did a sports show as well. So it's it's not as glamorous. Mm-mm. It really is not, and it's exhausting. But they make it look like it on the TV. Yes, yes, and it's exhausting. So, so you prefer the producing side of it then at this point? Like you're not. I know you do on camera stuff right now, mm-hmm. but you also are enjoying the producing, creating content, and creating shows. I I love it. I live for it. That's. For some reason, I'm like a dog who pees on the carpet, and when she gets smacked, I just come, you know I come just back, come for, back more. for more. <laughs> I, the business is so difficult; it's so hard to get a show on the air, whether you know whether it's scripted or non-scripted or mm-hmm. digital, whatever. It's really difficult. So, um, although it's you know there there are vast opportunities now, um, but I still I just love it. I love telling compelling stories. Now tell me about your production company because the name is hilarious and I would like to know the story behind that. You'll never forget Discount Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we first opened up, they were like, people would call, uh, uh, is this a production company? Discount Sushi came because my husband and I, John Cryer, um, produced things before. We produced um, we produced a uh, Tony-nominated show on Broadway. I produced a late-night talk show pilot. I produ- we pro- produced a documentary. So we did a lot of stuff before mm-hmm. independently. But after he left um, Two and a Half Men, he got a production deal with Warner Brothers. And so we set up shop there. But our attorney called us about the weekend before we were actually moving in and said, um, you may want to change the name of your production company. It was formerly Mothra Twins Entertainment. Um, named after Mothra and uh, the studio Toho uh, owns that, and they're a little litigious. And so I thought, oh, and the okay. reason we had it is because two fairies that are of Malaysian descent, that's me, um, fly <laughs> out and they speak in unison because they, you know, they, they're on the same wavelength, and that's my, me and my husband. So oh, okay. it's cutesy, right? Right. So the name Discount Sushi came about because every single name, two word company name for a production company is taken. I mean, it is. Same yeah. One. Just make up one. Um, uh, stars align. I'm Pro- sure there is. Probably taken. I'm sure it is. Probably. Yeah, circa yeah. 1997. Right. Anyway, so everything's taken. 
we're going to lunch is a couple of days before we have to really, you know, put this name out, get this name there so we can put the cards together and everything. And we're going by this sushi place near our house. And it's, uh, it says 50% all sushi. And my husband looks up and he goes, we really need to go there. I heard it's really good. I said, what? And he said, no, no, I heard it's good. I said, I am not down for the discount sushi. <laughs> and then we both laughed so hard and we thought, call up our journey yeah and it wasn't taken so we got it and it kind of describes the company because we're sort of a little risky we take risks Mm -hmm. and uh and if you have ever had discount sushi you're taking that's a big gamble (laughs) that is a big gamble with your life and your body um I love that and I love what you say about you and your husband are very close you're you're very like symbiotic Mm -hmm. in your producing um uh, relationship but also in your lives Mm -hmm. So tell me, how does it come about whenever you guys are ready to produce a show? Do people pitch you ideas? Do you guys come up with ideas together? Both. Both. Yeah. I mean, ideas can come from anywhere. My husband was sitting where you're sitting right now, and he saw an article, a New York Times article, and he said, oh, this would make a great, what did he say it was? Oh, this would make a great children's book. And I said, no, it wouldn't. It'd make a great unscripted show. And so I started futzing with it and working on it and developing, and, and I took it to um, Tom Foreman at the time who sold it to discovery. So that's amazing. Or we have writers now that just come to us and say, listen, and this stuff. Is what I, yeah, this is what I want to do. Or, you know, for example, the reason I haven't, I, I was telling her she gets the clean version of me, not the pretty version <laughs> because I was at work before I came back home, um, to, we have a, a, a book property that we're developing into, a show and it's called reasons mommy drinks oh uh, wait i feel like i've heard that I yeah think it's a book it, yeah i was gonna say i feel like i've heard of that yeah, it's a book i love it so. um there are many reasons why mommy drinks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i want to talk about your your mom life and your kids in just a second but i want to talk specifically about what you're doing with tlc right now okay. tell me about your show what is it about and it's a show you produce as well i do not produce it you don't produce no. this one I've okay in this show for 20 years though mm-hmm. it can't it comes from a very personal place um the show is called long lost family we're in our second season getting ready to shoot our third season mm-hmm. um yeah it hasn't officially been picked up but they said get ready you're leaving in august um, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like okay all right um it is uh it's a show that reunites people who have been separated sometimes by adoption uh other times from bad circumstances can be siblings um and it basically is a show for everyone because it's a show about finding your own self finding your voice and feeling connected and that's something that we all can relate to and um, I said that I had championed this for 20 years because I'm adopted um, and I found my biological family um, several years ago, God, more than a decade ago, yeah, and found out I had a half-sister and I had this um, beautiful other family, and I just realized there are such good stories here, and I know what it did for me, and I know that it didn't, say, complete me, but it really did sort of tie up some loose ends and and I realized a little bit more about yeah I finally had an origin story you know you know there's this whole part of you that you don't know about so um I did a show for ABC years ago about nine years ago called find my family that was very similar um and again something very personal to me and um it didn't go because it was just they they put it on on um, Monday nights and it just wasn't a good time slot and stuff and it wasn't the time for it and then TLC approached me about it and I said you know I'll Throw me under a truck, you know. I said to my agent, "If I don't get into that room, because I have to do the show." Throw me under a truck. I yeah, I just don't want to live because it's so personal. It's I've so real said for that me. a few times. If I don't get this, throw me under a truck. Exactly. <laughs> um, it 
it's a good motivator. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we travel all over the world and we reunite people or try to. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we can't reunite people who have been separated. And it's a very cathartic, emotional um, television show. Is it just adoption stories or no, is no. it people who've lost family members? Yeah. No, no. It's it's siblings that didn't know about each other. It's um, adoption. It's uh, I had a story where a woman... She abandoned her children. She basically dropped them off in front of a house, said to go up to that door, ring the doorbell, and give these people an envelope, and the kids never saw her again. And we find out later when we found her is that the reason that happened is because she was homeless, and she had nowhere to take them or nowhere to go, so she dropped them off with a a distant family member. Um, So it's a lot of different kinds of stories. In season two, we really sort of dug in deep, really dug in our heels to find these really compelling stories about different circumstances that cause the separations. That's amazing. And I have to say that is fascinating to me because recently, and I don't know if it's because I just turned 40 and I'm thinking about death. (laughs) It gets worse at 50. (laughs) Or what? But I've recently started going on Ancestry.com and trying to research my family tree. And I'm calling my mom all the time, like, okay, so, you know, what was great grandma's last name? You Mm -hmm. know, like, I'm trying to get as much information as I can, because there's something very um, interesting, but fascinating, but also kind of culturally, like you said, ties you into a history Mm -hmm. and to a people about knowing where you came from. Absolutely. And I think I've, I've researched it like through my great grandfather's lineage back to like the early 1700s. Wow. But I just slowly, like a few minutes at a time while I'm at work, don't tell my boss, yes. but like a few minutes I'll go on and I'll just do a little research and stuff like that. It's fascinating. Ancestry is great for that. There are partners in our show and I did my ancestry DNA test and I found out, I mean, I had, because I had found my biological family, I knew a little bit about my, um, what I was Mm -hmm. genetically I had never known that until Mm -hmm. I was in my 30s so you know I was very exotic looking and people used to always say oh are you half black or are you half are you this Hispanic are you this and I at a pretty soon I just started saying yes because it was like (laughs) whatever you say sure you know what I can't I can't continue that conversation it's so loaded but with ancestry I actually found out and I found out one thing that I that I had no idea is that I'm part Polynesian. I was like, We're oh. I'm officially exotic. You are. <laughs> Run with it. Yeah. I love it. I am not. I have like just Eastern European or something or Western European and I was like, Okay. And English Irish. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I think we knew that. Um, so you've got this show that you're on right now, and then what shows are you guys currently developing? Oh, goodness. Oh, I mean, what can you talk about? I know sometimes there's things that are secretive. We have an animated workplace comedy that's set in a secret society. Uh, It's for adults. It is not for children. We also have, uh, we have a syndicated daytime show with a different spin on it. I can't, I'm just developing that, so I can't really go into it. Mm -hmm. We have several scripted shows. We're um, developing stuff for my husband as well. We're doing an hour long, um, Breaking Badish show. Yeah. Yeah. Developing. So a lot of, is he wanting to get, is he enjoying his break? Does he want to get back? No, he's ready to go back. He's working right now. I mean, he's been working on, you know, little things here and there, things that are of interest. But no, he's ready. I was going to say, I know even if you're working just a little bit, it's probably different than the daily grind of an everyday show series, especially something like that that's 
26 episodes a season or yeah. you know whatever it might be and 14 years and 14 years yeah. yeah like I would think that he would be like nope I'm good I'm just gonna coast no, for a while a, no he, he had a couple years um and yeah. we that's when we started the production company in earnest yeah um but no he's ready to go back and we're we're actively trying to develop something that's great that's yeah. fantastic um so I want to talk about your um your kids mm-hmm. and we don't have to go into detail with your kids but I would love to know um you're a very busy lady. Mm. How are you managing day-to-day life with your kids? How old are your kids now? Uh, my stepson is 16. He's going to be 17 this month. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a senior. Wow. Ah, that's so um, exciting. Yeah. Ugh, and scary. Um, <laughs> and then my daughter is going to be eight in August. She's going into the second grade. So we're at both ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. Yeah. Two different schools, two different age groups. Uh, it's, it's, it is a juggle. You know, it really is a balancing act. So how do you do that with your career? Like what, what has been the biggest, um, support system for you? Do you have nanny in place? Do you have go-to childcare that you do? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Especially when, you know, for long lost family, I'm traveling on and off for 10 months. I mean, it's insane. And I try to get her out there or John out there or whoever out as much as I can when I can, but I can't. I mean, it's very intense when I'm working. So, mm-hmm. yes, I still have uh, a nanny who, you know, my daughter goes to school, so she's not really a nanny now. She just helps. She helps. I was going to say, but you still need help. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have three jobs. Yeah. So I can't, um, and I really like being, uh, a present parent. You Mm -hmm. know, I love, I dropped my child off to school. I was hugging her teachers today. You know, we were giving gifts. So, um, you know what it's been for me? I think I've learned that I have to, I have, this is in theory. This is not in practice yet, but I've learned that I have to slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I really do have to be in the moment more. And every day I've decided that something has got to go. Like I'll make all these plans and I have these meetings and I have this. Today it was my hair. Today <laughs> I don't do my hair. That's That had to go. Um, I, tr- I really am getting better about prioritizing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. What am I needed for? You know, I, I go into work and do I have to be at that meeting? Can I skip that one so that I can go take my daughter to soccer. Right. So it's, it's kind of just, you know, it's a balancing act. Every parent goes through it. Yeah. Um, fortunately and unfortunately my dream jobs came at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, I love producing and my husband said, you can't do so much. I'm like, baby, I love doing both of these. Yeah. You know, this is part of who I am. It's also part of the struggle with this business is that you, Work begets work, mm-hmm. you know, the more things you're creating and producing and yeah. involved when, then the more people want to work with you yeah. and then you get more opportunities and you're like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And for true creative types in this industry, it's really hard to say no. Yeah. Um, I get invited to come and cover a lot of things every week, um, because of motherhood in Hollywood. And I'm always like, Oh yes, of course I want to cover this Hulu show. Oh, and of course I want to go to the, the Disney cars three premiere. You're like, yeah, I want to do all this. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I have a four-year-old. Like, I have to dial things back a little bit. Well, the cars thing may come in handy. Right, but I look for things now that I can take her with me to, which is great. Um, But it's so hard because you do want to work, especially Mm -hmm. in this industry where if you stop working, um, people forget. Yeah, people forget about you. And, like, that's so shocking to me. I always wonder sometimes I'll see a show that I was a big fan of from, like, the 90s or something go, whatever happened to that actor or that actress? Like, what are they doing now? Um, 
maybe they took an accidental extended break or something like, you know. And you know when you become, and and it's probably even more sort of punctuated by being in the industry, is when I decided late that I was going to have a family, I, for two years, I was in some sort of low-grade depression. Hmm. And I didn't know why. And I couldn't figure out why. Before you had your daughter? No, after. Oh, after? I adopted. It's not postpartum. Mm Mm-hmm. but I was trying to figure out what it was and I was doing some really deep soul searching and trying to figure out what is this what is this and I talked to somebody actually a spiritual advisor I know sounds very hocus pocus (laughs) but sounds very LA but she said the most simple thing to me after several sessions she said Lisa the person that you were before you had a family is gone Mm -hmm. she said physically wave goodbye say goodbye to that person you not saying that you won't be creative again, not saying that you won't work again because you will, but you will be a different person because of where you are in your life. And I thought, you know, that's really simple. But once I actually accepted that and mourned the person that I used to be, I could, was able to move forward Yeah. and, and knew and had the confidence to know that I will work again and I'll do something I really love. And wham, bam, I'm doing everything that I love you wanted to do yeah Um, that's hard to accept though because you think no I'm still the same person I mean I'm still who I am mm -hmm. but if you really stop and think about it and and this is something I too have been going through over the past few years like I'm not the person I was five years ago and Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain to people when they don't have kids Mm -hmm. because to them it's like well you just had a kid and I'm like but it changes you so fundamentally it changes your career priorities it changes you emotionally Mm -hmm. um it's you oh, for the better I think I mean for yeah. me it did it's richer yeah it it's, is a rich for me it's richer yeah. and I'm not saying that everyone should have kids no right absolutely not and I was one of those who were not gonna was not gonna have kids mm-hmm. so it's not for everybody but if you do make that choice um it does change you in ways you never imagined yeah because it's actually it's like a subculture that you don't know about until you're in it yeah motherhood now, I know you said you adopted your daughter, and I've read that you are a very big adoption advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something you wanted to do uh, in that you didn't want to have your carry your child and then just go right for adoption and say, this is it, this is what I want to do? I, I was adopted mm-hmm. as a child. I had a wonderful experience. My parents, um, who are my real parents, um, people consider the people who gave birth to you your real parents, and that's not true, um, gave me a wonderful shining example of what a parent should be yeah and I never I was never sure if I wanted to have a child and when it came to the to the point where I was married and I decided I wanted to have a family I thought that adoption was the only thing for me I'd never thought about having a biological child it wasn't because I couldn't because I was physically able to mm-hmm. um, I want to further that experience of adoption sure. I wanted to pay it forward. I wanted to do something that helped not only myself and my husband, but another person out there. And there's another family out there that was able to be helped because of our decision. Right. So, um, and I feel, you know, I feel so close to my daughter. I tell her, I'm like, you were not born from me. You were born to me. So yeah, yeah, it was always, it was always an idea that if I had children, I would adopt. I love that. It's, so wonderful that you can be an advocate for adoption. Um, I, and we could, I'm sure we could talk about this for another half an hour because I'm, I am 
I've had friends who've gone through the adoption process. Mm-hmm. They've gone through like the county system and, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And I've had it's friends no who've joke. done private adoptions. It's not an easy process, Mm-mm. especially if you do it through the county, through the state. And what's frustrating to me, and I know to parents who've been through it, is why is it so hard? Why do they make it so hard? And on the other hand, then obviously, you know, there's children's safety and mm-hmm. like you, they want to make sure that they're doing their due diligence. So there's a lot of, of joy that can come out of adoption. I yeah. know that for it's sure. It's an antiquated system. Yeah. You know, and from state yeah. to state, it, var- it varies, you right. know, and so there needs to be some changes, mm-hmm. but, um, it is, it is no joke. It's a difficult process. It's not for the, um, you know, faint of heart. Um, I could have done it an easier way. You know, I could have <laughs> just gotten pregnant, but it was a, it was a choice for me. And I want people to know that there is a choice out there that you don't have to, you know, get a second on your house or spend all this money on, you know, tearing your body apart for IVF. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful choice. You know, I, you know, that's my mission, you know, in life. If I have a ministry, it's to help people who can't, adopt or having a difficult time adopting like you know I work with an organization called raise a child who helped the LGBT community adopt you can't believe the bias still sure that's out there sure oh yeah I'm sure so anyway um I'll get off my soapbox no don't no I love it because like I said this is this is something that um it's so wonderful that you can use as your platform, like a way to talk to people and spread the word about that. Because yeah, there is a lot of bias, especially Mm -hmm. with the LGBT community, but also there's, I think a lot of misunderstanding about adoption still. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, so no, I think it's wonderful. And like I said, we could probably talk about it forever. Um, but I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I'm so excited. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because I know the season three announcement is coming soon. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, and, uh, I'm going to put up all the information, everything that we talked about up on my website. And, um, thank you so much for being so gracious and letting me come and chat with you about all this wonderful things that you're doing. Oh, Heather, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Good. All right, you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing week and remember I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. balls.